Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. JT Hello, my friends. JT DeBolt with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern. You know what that means? It's time to come together and talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living the high-performance, high-altitude life. And as always, the High Altitude Mentorship Show is brought to you by FlyWithJT.com. That's FlyWithJT.com, where you can download a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Flight Plan to Success, as well as stay connected to everything going on in the high-altitude community. Lots of cool stuff coming down the road. Would love to have you with us every step of the way, and you can do that by staying connected at FlyWithJT.com. read an interesting article the other day in the uh, Harvard Business Review, and they were talking about something that I think is going to be near and dear to all of our hearts here in the high-altitude community. You know, we talk about sustained success, and it sounds awesome. You know, it's the benchmark of high performance to not just be a one-hit wonder, but to be somebody who can show up consistently and deliver our best stuff every single day, to continually raise the bar, to not just show up and do what we know we can do, but to continually improve it, to push it forward, to keep it moving, and to create that limitless lifestyle. You know, it's, it's that one of those catchphrases, those buzzwords we love to hear, the word limitless. And it's exciting stuff. You know, we, we like to think in terms of that. And we want, we want to have that limitless lifestyle. We want to have the ability to reach higher and farther and further. But I think the question we have to ask ourselves is, at what cost? Because there's a different side, a darker side, to the high achievement continuum that's rarely discussed. What I want to talk to you today about is really the curse of the high achiever. At least that's how the article kind of lists it or or talks about it. And what we're talking about is this. We have this responsibility that we feel to show up every day and deliver our best stuff. And then there's this pressure that we love. You know, high performers have a tendency to thrive under pressure. We have a tendency to seek it out. And we, it's not that we run from it, but we, over time it starts to have an impact on us. And what can tend to start to show up and manifest in our lives is this fear of failure, right? Because if we fail, then that means we can't live up to the level that we were at. And what's interesting about this is, you know, <laughs> we talk about fear a lot. We talk about how fear can sometimes hold people back from achieving their best stuff. You'll talk about you'll hear about procrastination a lot. Why do people procrastinate? A lot of times, not always and not across the board, it's not certainly a, you know, sort of blanket diagnosis, but a lot of times that that procrastination comes down to, it does boil down to, distill down to, you know, a fear of failure. Or perhaps a fear of not being able to live up to that new level that you rise to. What happens there is we begin, you know, avoiding taking risk which is what got us there in the first place. High performers are typically people that love to take risks, calculated risks, but suddenly we start backing down from the risk. 
And when we back down from the risk, it leads to a drop in our execution, a drop in our output, a drop in our performance. And when that happens, our results start to suffer. And then it becomes almost a snowball effect. And so we kind of start seeing this almost like, okay, once we've hit the high, you know, the, the, the sort of the high levels of whatever it is we're working toward, we have to be careful that we don't start to plateau. We'll talk more about plateauing in a future podcast, but what makes this even worse is that it's easy to perceive asking for help as weakness or admitting that you know, we don't have all the answers, admitting that we are not clear on, on the, the total picture. That can sometimes be embarrassing or kind of hit the ego a little bit. And what, ends, what starts to happen is we start getting burnout, we start losing confidence, start to misplace our self-worth and our value. It's very important that we arrest that slide, that backslide. The key to it is, is first and foremost understanding that we are not our achievements. It's cool that we achieve greatness. It's, a, it's, it's awesome that we can play at a high level, raise the bar. But we are not our achievements. We see the Olympics. I've been talking about this for the past week or so. We've got, you know, we're about halfway through the Olympics now here, the Summer Olympic Games in uh, Rio, 2016 Games. And it's one thing I love about watching the Olympics is it's excellence personified. It's hard work, dedication, it's commitment, it's sacrifice personified. You see it in living color. And what's interesting about it is, is that you'll hear stories a lot of times about these high-achieving athletes where they kind of hit a wall. They start to burn out a little bit. And what tends to happen, if you'll listen to some of the stories of, you know, kind of the where are they now type of stories, is as soon as the crowd noise goes away, as soon as the lights dim, as soon as the metal gets put away in the display case and starts to collect dust, what happens to the human being? Not the athlete, but the human being, two completely separate entities. And what we find is that a lot of times there is that sense of loss the loss of themselves, the loss of their worth, the loss of their identity, because now, you know, they're not competing in the Olympics, and before, they started to see themselves as that Olympian. Well, it doesn't matter whether you play in the Olympics, it doesn't matter whether you're raising a family or starting a business, growing whatever it is that you're here to grow, if we experience a plateau, if we experience a flat spot, if we experience this, it feels like the curse of the high achiever. And so we have to talk through this. We have to be very clear. I remember when I was going through flight training, a, a mentor of mine reminded me of that. He said, JT, you are not JT the pilot. <laughs> you're JT the father. You know, you're JT the husband. You're JT the whomever you will eventually spend the rest of your life doing. And it's so important to understand that because at our core, we show up to our careers. We show up to our dreams. Our dreams may live inside of us, but if it weren't for us, they wouldn't be they wouldn't exist. That's why it's so important to be clear on your purpose in life and to pursue your mission with vigor and with passion and with dogged determination. But to remember that the, that, that dream, that mission would never be possible without you. So the dream, the mission doesn't become you and you don't become it. It follows you. It's alive because you breathe life into it. You are the, you are the, the genesis of your dreams and your goals and, and your achievements. You are not your dreams, goals, and achievements. You create them. You make them happen. So what happens when we start to feel this curse of the high achiever? 
Well, there's a couple of things that I read in this article that I want to share with you today, and I want you to kind of take note of these things. I've kind of put my own personal spin on it. I'm actually going to link the article up. Uh, if you go to f- uh, facebook.com forward slash flywithjt, uh, I'll place that there uh, for for the podcast today. But I wanted you to kind of at least get my take on it a little bit. And then, of course, if you want to go back and read that article, it's a great read, by the way. Fantastic stuff. Very compelling stuff. And I think it's something that as, an, as a high achiever, you will definitely – uh, you know, it'll appeal to you. First thing we have to realize is that the past doesn't equal the future. And the reason this is important is that we can create sort of a picture of how things happen in the past. You ever notice this? Think back on your childhood. You might think back to like a summer vacation. You might think back to a road trip you took with your family. And, and perhaps those are happy me- memories. What you may forget is the boredom at the time, or you might forget the time that, you know, your your older sibling was, you know, you know, needling you, or your younger sibling if you have them, or, you know, whatever experience. There were probably not 100% of that journey or that trip or that experience was 100% fun and positive all the time. But looking back on it, years, decades later, generations later, it seems like this sort of, you know, amazing memory. And that's, we can almost do the reverse of that in our own achievements. We can look back on something and create, you know, sort of a bit of a skewed perception of it. We might look back and go, man, I really blew it back then. Or, you know, I was, or perhaps I was better back then. You know, back in, that was back in my heyday. And now I've noticed a drop off or a plateau in my performance. It's important to reframe it from another perspective, though the perspective of maybe the other side. Great example of this, I remember going through flight training and, and my first uh, flight instructor that I had that I flew with all the time, they called that person an on-wing. That's the person you fly with on a daily basis. And you do this for a period of time and then they have you go off-wing, which is where you're flying with another flight instructor. And the whole point is to give you two perspectives, right? So you're learning basically the same stuff from a different instructor. And studies and, and, you know, examples have shown that students learn very well to that. They respond well to that, typically. But my on-wing, the person I flew with on, the, on a daily basis, was very difficult on me. Very, very, very. It just rode me nonstop, chewed my ass left and right. And what's interesting about that is, is that it was, it was for my betterment. Now, looking back on it, I can see that. Looking back on it now as a coach, I can see the value in that. It's not necessarily my style. I don't necessarily chew people's ass. Uh, I'm hard on them, and I push them in a good way, in a positive and an empowering way. But I look back on the way my instructor treated me, and I think to myself, that's what helped me achieve a, a very, you know, a career that I'm very proud of, and something that, you know, helped sustain me and also probably kept me alive in some of the more dangerous things that I did. But looking back on it, you know, I can say that. Back at the time, I hated it. You know, I remember flying the airplane and just being like, I want to choke this guy out. I don't I, I never want to see him again. And then I'd go off wing and I'd start flying with these other instructors who were a lot more uh, agreeable, you know, people that I could actually enjoy spending time with and having a conversation with. And I felt like, man, if flight school was always like this, I could, I could really become an awesome pilot. Now, perhaps there's some truth to both sides of that. And we have to kind of ask ourselves, you know, if you're looking back on this and you see a flat line in your career or in your performance and you start to feel like, man, I don't know if I can sustain this. The burnout, the loss, lack of confidence, the loss of, of you know, my, my sense of who I am, maybe it's because we're looking at the past through rose-colored glasses. You know, maybe we're looking back at the past and saying, yeah, back then I was so much better. Or, or perhaps we're looking at the past as if it's some dreadful thing. 
you know, I am where I am today because of the failures or the missteps and the mistakes I've made. And as a high achiever, you can actually underachieve, surprisingly. You could actually be far ahead of where you are right now. And maybe you realize that and you say to yourself, man, I should be much further ahead. I could be doing so much more. I could be performing so much better. But we have to remember that the past does not equal the future. And a lot of times we have a skewed misperception of kind of what the, you know, what the past actually was as opposed to looking at it factually. A great example of how to do this and is, to, is to actually you know, write it out. They actually talk about it in the article is to write out a scenario and write it out as honestly as you can. You know, what happened, how you felt about it and all these things. And then go back and only highlight the facts. And what's interesting is you'll see a far more emotion than you will facts, typically speaking, when you write it out. But that'll demonstrate to you at least that, you know, a lot of times we look back on the past and we will kind of cloud it with a misperception of how things really were. At least our perception is maybe not a misperception, but the perception that we've developed. And if we look at it through the facts, then we can see the value in it. You know, we can see what the truth really is. The next thing that's important about getting past this curse of the high achiever is to, is to never really approach it from a singular, like a solo. You, you're not flying solo here. Instead of fearing being seen as weak or stupid for asking for help, as, as opposed to being seen as being inept or whatever label that we place on ourselves because we asked for help, it's so important to have the courage and the leadership and the strength to be able to reach out to other people. Asking for help and admitting when we're in over our heads is a true sign of strength. It's a sign of character. And when we do that, we demonstrate not just to the people around us, but we demonstrate to ourselves that we've done, you know, we've taken a, ma a massive step towards our own personal excellence. And we're doing the work that we have to do. One thing I loved about the article, there was a great suggestion about uh, kind of a three-way test that you can give yourself as far as asking for help. And they called it the SKS test, right? So the S stands for what should you stop doing. The K stands for what should you keep doing. And the second S stands for what should you start doing. Now, I love this because if we ask the question, like I've flatlined, maybe your performance is flatlined, you've, you've kind of plateaued. What is it that I need to stop doing? What are the old behaviors that I've been doing that aren't getting me any further? They got you to some point, but just because we've always done things that way doesn't mean you have to continually do, the, do them that way. One of the great leadership lessons I learned in the military was anytime to, to kind of be aware of people that say, hey, this is the way we've always done it. Well, if we kept doing things the way we've always done it, we'd still have uh, apartheid, we'd still have slavery, we'd still have women not voting, we'd have a lot, you know, a lot of things in this world that aren't that great. But we've learned, we've grown, we've evolved. And so must we as, as individuals. We have to step into our greatness by asking what needs to stop. The other side to that is what do we need to keep doing? And when you ask for help, when you reach out to a mentor, a friend, somebody who's been around the block a few times, and they can give you that honest, impartial, third-party review, they'll be able to tell you, hey, this is what you should keep doing. You know, These are your better qualities. These are your better attributes. Use those, leverage those to go to that next level in your performance. And then perhaps, what do I need to start doing? What do I need to stop? What do I need to keep doing? And what should I begin doing right now? Extremely important three-way test that you can ask yourself. And honestly, asking it of another person might be one of the most important steps that you can take. 
because it's about asking for help. It's about admitting, hey, listen, I don't have all the facts here. It's a huge sign of strength when you can admit, I don't have all the facts. You know, being vulnerable enough to, to step into that and to own that is a key and essential aspect of leadership. And that actually is the third step to this, to getting past the, the curse of the high achiever is to be vulnerable, to admit your fears, to admit your concerns, to be able to call out and say, hey, listen, I've got insecurities about this certain thing. For the first time in my life, I feel kind of like a weakness or an opening or a, or a nakedness in this particular area of my life. And I don't want to continue carrying this baggage anymore. I just, I need somebody to help me. That's amazing. Not only is it amazing and inspirational to those that watch, but it's going to be freeing to you. might be the best weight loss program you ever go through because you're not losing physical weight. You're losing metaphorical weight, energetic weight. You're losing spiritual weight. And it's that more holistic approach to your success that I think is what people will be attracted to. But not just for the sake of you attracting people, not just for the sake of getting results, but for the sake of just being happy and more fulfilled. And knowing that when you ask for clarification, you know, it's a huge load off your shoulders. So try putting yourself in arenas where you know nothing. A great example of this, I remember a few years back when uh, my wife started going to these high-intensity workout training programs. You know, at first I thought, oh, she's just going to another aerobics class, and it's her and a bunch of women that are jumping around and, you know, their little, you know, outfits and hooting and hollering to, to music and things like this. And she's like, oh, I've got this amazing instructor named Gay. Now, Gay is like in her 50s, and she's got the physical stamina, the strength, the athletic ability of a 20-year-old. Like, she's just this amazing – everybody call it, kind of referred to her as the Energizer Bunny. And while that may sound cliche and not very original, it was very apropos. And so my wife said, you know, I, I was lifting weights and I was in decent shape. And she's like, hey, you should come on in and, and work out with us. So I said, yeah, fine, that's great. Uh, but that's not my idea of a, of a high-intensity workout. My intensity, my idea of high-intensity is seal fit. You know, I'm going to go off to Coronado, California and work out with those guys. She's like, that's fine, but why don't you come in and have, you know, a commit to at least two classes. Do one and then do a follow-on. I said, fine. I have to tell you, it was the most humiliating thing in the world. I had to admit that, and it wasn't hard to admit because it was obvious, that I was nowhere near the kind of shape that these women were in. And it was obvious. You know, I'm, I'm in a pool of sweat. And my arms are quivering. My legs are quivering. My, my core was just like on fire. But it was, it was an indication to me of how much I had put my ego up how much I couldn't admit that I had the, the fear that I couldn't keep up or the insecurity that these, you know, seemingly, you know, you know, cute fit women were outworking me, pounding me, kicking my ass, you know, and it was nice to have that in hindsight. It wasn't really great in the moment, but in hindsight, it was great to have that realization and that awareness. And sometimes we just have to have that. We have to have that awakening, that, you know, sort of moment of clarity where we realize, okay, we do have some blind spots and that's okay. When we admit the blind spots and we seek out help and assistance and guidance, that's when we become stronger. That's when we become better. That's when we grow. And that's when, where we become more of our best selves. And finally, if we really want to shirk and get rid of this curse of the high achiever, keeping the big picture is key. We might experience short-term setbacks, right? And like I was talking about, when we look back on the past, we don't remember the short-term setbacks. We only remember the overall joy or the overall experience. What about looking forward? This is one thing to look back. Looking forward, we have to have that big picture. 
and realize that we are going to have short-term setbacks, but they're only going to have a temporary sting. They're part of the process. They're little checkpoints along the flight plan to success. The question that you have to ask yourself, and keep this in mind as you have the big picture and you're experiencing a tough time or a flat spot or a plateau in your performance is, will this really matter in a year? I mean, one year from now, 12 months from now, maybe even six months from now, is this small plateau actually going to matter? Is it going to register on the radar? Now, chances are it probably will on some level. But more to the point and more to the truth is it probably won't be as heavy and as detrimental as it feels right now. Right now, the gravity of the situation might feel immense, but over time, it won't matter as much, right? Because you'll have created that gulf of time, and time is the ultimate healer. It's the ultimate kind of, you know, revealer, if you will, or, or nurturer as we move past the point of entry or point of injury, rather, and move, you know, you know kind of forward and, and progress. It's so important to remember these four points if you feel that pressure of being a high achiever, that pressure of constantly performing, that pressure of showing up and increasing your performance each and every single day and not feeling the ability to sustain it, feeling the burnout, feeling the stress, feeling the loss of confidence or the, the drop in your self-worth and your value. That's not the way to go through life. It's okay to experience it, but the, the way out of it is to, is to remember these four things. Remember that the past does not equal the future. It's a good indication of what's happened, and it could be an educator, but it's not meant to be an indicator of what happens next. Don't fly solo. Never go through this alone. Instead, seek out those people that can be the guides, that can give you the honest, no BS, cut through the BS approach to what you need to know. And remember the, the three-point check. What should you stop? What should you keep? And what should you start doing? Those actions and that little test will help guide you through the process of you know, getting out of this curse of the high achiever. Be vulnerable and keep the big picture. So important, especially as the leaders that we are. Vulnerability is one of the most important aspects that we can bring on and, and bring about in ourselves. And keeping the big picture is basically, it's a job requirement. It's listed right there as a leader. We have to keep the big picture. And when we do, it allows us to not just guide other people to success, but to keep ourselves on track and be our best selves every single day. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Looking forward to doing it again soon. Get yourself over to flywithjt.com and download a complimentary copy of Flight Plan to Success. And remember, no matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>